what we do here is go back, 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 back. Yeah, good mate. Thanks for having me. Who went the hardest in the, the celebrations? I can't say myself, can I? Uh, <laughs> if- you sort of almost got to tell yourself that you're a, you're a big game player or a mm. big finals player. So somehow I thought, well, just because I play well as a 13 year old, I have to play well in the grand final. Me and, me and Cogs are um, a couple of good WA boys and we, we do get a bit affectionate with each other, always giving each other kisses and stuff. <laughs> nah, not really, just, you know, a manly kiss yeah. on the cheek every now and then. Welcome back to the Bry and Ethan podcast for another week. Ethan Roth here with Bray Loveridge. Bray, how are you? Yeah, great, Ethan. Great to be here. Yeah, we're sick of using the phone. We got our first interview guest since Xavier Ellis a few weeks ago, which is good. Uh, pick 62 in the two, uh, 2009 rookie draft. 32 games for the Fremantle Dockers between 2009 and 2012. He's pretty much done it all at state level, representing WA. He's won four West Perth, best and fairest. 2013 Premiership player and was also captain of the club. Jay Bambelli, welcome on board and thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, and you're well known. Uh, you've got a well known football name in your family with your older brother Nathan being ex captain of the Crows and assistant coach at West Coast. What was your early life like playing for Whitford's junior football club and attending Sacred Heart? Yeah, it's good fun. Um, end of the day, all of our schoolmates all played at Whitford's and so we had a good group there that went right from. Auskick all the way through to um, senior footy at, at Whitford's and and all our mates um, through Sacred Heart as well. So it was a really tight-knit group and had plenty of fun um, every week. Just hated playing Sunday games at juniors. That was the only yeah. bad thing because you sort of wake up pretty sore on the Monday. Um, but loved my junior footy, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of Friday night games now for juniors, which I think they're trying to yeah. change uh, it a bit. So we got stitched l- up. Luckily... Uh, unlucky for you didn't have back in your day, but uh, is it true you were a master at Taekwondo um, and talk to us about choosing the footy pathway which led to the West uh, West Perth League debut in 2007? Yeah, um, it's actually something I haven't spoken about in a long time. Um, yeah, <laughs> Do our research. <laughs> yeah, you've done well. Uh, so Nathan and I, my older brother, um, we used to do Taekwondo growing up through school. Uh, Mum, I think, was the bit of the driver behind it, that and sort of... Um, karate kid and some of those shows that we used yeah. to watch but uh mum we used to have a fair few fights uh nathan and i and so she sort of put us into taekwondo to get a bit of discipline and a bit of um respect for each other and and people around us and from there we uh we actually loved it um and went all the way through to the national championships and um over in canberra and i won uh, my title fight in my division and then uh, my coach sort of said it was he thought it was a too easy of a I only had to fight one bloke in a sort of a semi and then win the final and he sort of said that we didn't train this hard for that easier sort of um, a way through so he put me in the division above and um, I was fortunate enough to win that one as well yeah right. uh, and then Nath had a, a bit of a tougher run but he uh, got through his as well and he won so uh, there was four of us that went over for that, and um, both, oh, all four of us, I think, did really well. Um, I think we had three golds and um, a couple of silvers out of it, so it was good. Yeah, yeah. Nice. and just also like the West Perth pathway, obviously the lead we were in 2007 must have been really exciting. Yeah, so uh, West Perth was, um, I guess I was a bit of a late developer in footy. Um, everyone sort of went past me at 16, 17. Um, and so I played second year of Colts up there, uh, just average, real average player at best. Um, and it wasn't until I sort of went into the senior group that um, I started to find my feet a little bit. And 
uh, Todd Curley put a huge amount of faith in me and I was um, really lucky to have him as a coach. Um, taught me a lot and uh, yeah, he luckily, so I think my first season up there I played eight games in the league side but the majority of the uh, majority of the season played in the twos um, which was great um, and actually, yeah, had a good season down there but uh, the following season um, was where I sort of cemented a spot in the ones and uh i think played most of the games that year and and then went and we went pretty well so uh yeah it's 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 always a dream to i guess play west perth I, I looked up to my older brother a lot and when he got into the sides um the representative sides um sort of from 15s all the way through i was, I was pretty envious and pretty jealous of him um and it took me a little bit longer to get there but in the end um managed to get uh, a league game myself and I've, yeah, I can't thank West Perth and, and Todd Curley for the initial opportunity but then all my coaches all the way yeah. through it's, it's been um, it's been a great ride Yeah, so sure. you mentioned you blitzed your way through the 20, 2008 season winning West Perth's best and fairest at only a 20 year old what was the lead up to the draft like and tell us the whole process it was being taken by Fremantle Yeah, so the year before so my first year in seniors I'd played the eight games and yeah. sort of and I guess Nathan had done a lot of the hard work he put our name on the map a little bit he'd gone over to Adelaide um, started to really find his feet over there um, and so I'd played eight games and I won the twos medal that year um, uh, for West Perth only not for the league um, and that sort of um, I guess started to give me a little bit of credential and the fact that I've um, played eight games and I had I think it was Brisbane that year come over and have a chat and West Coast as well um, just to see you know what I was like and, and this and that and nothing eventuated out of that I was hopeful that season but nothing came of it and then the following season that's when Frio came on board um, and I think West Coast and Brisbane had a follow-up chat again and um, again I was hopeful I was certainly not expecting to get in the uh, in the proper draft but I was always hopeful to get a, a rookie spot and that's sort of um, what Frio said they said when they came and had a chat to me they said look we're looking at about 20 uh, WA blokes sort of in the more mature bracket I guess I was not an 18 year old anymore then and so sort of your Greg Broughtons and that were, yep. were the ones we were looking at um, and they said there's 20 of us that we're interviewing and we're going to take two and so in the end that was um greggy and i with the last two picks of the rookie draft and so um it was a an amazing day we sort of sitting around the uh computer old dial-up internet trying to watch it and uh it was actually i was sitting there at just at that point todd curley had um taken up a role at frio and he sent me a text um right before it came up on the screen and he said welcome to the club so and he uh, it for you well, my internet was no good, yeah. so he probably I would have got texts from other people before if uh, if it wasn't from Todd. So I was I was pretty stoked, and uh, yeah, I just went nuts. I yep. didn't really sink in, and then I just remember feeling so nervous about going to training for the first day. That was just the next thing. Was like, oh my god, how am I gonna look at some of these stars in the eye? Yeah, especially with some of the names at the club during that time. But um, what was it like to make your debut in a Western Derby? Because not many people can say they've done that. Yeah. Um, a lot of I, I remember getting a few questions in the lead up to the game saying, "Oh, you know, you're, you're debuting in a derby. Um, how are you going to deal with the the added pressure and all that?" And I, I 
to me, it was, oh, it's, it's a step up regardless. I don't know what the difference between a normal game yeah. and a Western Derby is at that point. Um, I just knew it was going to be a, a hell of a step up from waffle level, um, and it was. Um, uh, but it was it was bloody unreal. Um, I went into the game to play a defensive forward role on David Weraponda, um, and he was a West Perth boy um, and a bit of a hero of mine growing up. Uh, and I remember walking out um, to a position and walking out alongside Kepler Bradley as well. And um, and I remember him saying to me, he goes, it's going to be on here. And I went up and sort of went to go next to Wirapunda, just sort of um, take my spot. And he straight away whacked me um, in the chest. And Kep was already scrapping his bloke and... and from there, it was like, all right, there's no, there's no mates out here for today. It's, um, yeah. it's all on, and it was good fun. I, we, we ended up getting up. Uh, we had a really, really young side in. I remember Tim Ruffles kicked, if not the winner, or like you know one of the the goals to seal it before he did his ACL. And I just remember being a really, really young group and just running amok, having fun out there. And um, yeah, we we're running around like like headless chooks, but we got the job done, so it was yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then in Anzac. In Anzac Round 2011, you kicked four goals against the Western Bulldogs at Subiaco and also snagged Goal of the Year nomination. Is this your most memorable game in your AFL career? And just to get one of the many Q and A's out of the way, <laughs> Michael Barlow wants to know: Were you robbed of a Brownlow vote in that game? <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely, I was robbed. <laughs> no, I. I I, I did end up getting one Brownlow vote in my career, but it was not for the game that I thought. I actually thought that one I'd, I'd maybe, if I was lucky, sneak a vote, and yep. I didn't get one. But um, I got one for another game, which was surprising. Um, but yeah, that game, yeah, it did stand out for, as a highlight. It it started not well. Um, I was playing down back, and I can't remember. I think I tried to handball it or short kick it to Reese Palmer and turned it over. And it was a goal, and I got dragged to the bench. This is the days of halves, and when you still got yeah. dragged and things like that. And so, went to the bench, and halves um, got me on the phone, and he said, "In, in a way, um, you owe us, basically." So I sat on the bench for a good sort of five or so minutes. There weren't really quick rotations back then either. It was a bit longer, um, and and then he put me forward. Um, as when I went back on, and that was in the second quarter, and I finished the quarter with two goals. Like one just got out the back, socket a goal, and I can't remember. The, I think the other one I smothered it and um, kicked a decent yeah. goal. Um, and then from that, he just left me forward for the rest of the game. And uh, the second half, I think I was playing on uh, Brennan Stack, I reckon, from the Dogs, and he just gave me a, a fair leg rope, um, which is probably fair enough because I was a bit of a nobody. Um, but yeah, managed to sneak out on turnover and stuff and, and kick a couple more. So uh, yeah, really enjoyable night, um, that's for sure. Um, and great that we got the win. I think Nick Lower kicked the winner. Um, and that was that was awesome. But yeah, kept kick four that game as well. And I'm pretty sure he got votes. And I think Fifey and Dave Mundy were pretty good as well. So from memory, I, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that game. I was pretty young back then. But um, and I think, yeah, it was on Anzac Day. And I think that, yeah, golden. Nom- Got the year nomination from the boundary, the one you were talking about, you smothered it and sort of just kicked it free- yeah. freshly from the boundary. You've watched that about 10 times over the last <laughs> week, I reckon, Ethan, since you yeah, found out that uh, yeah. Jay was coming in. Yeah. I remember, uh, I actually remember coming back into the rooms afterwards and looking at some of my rookie mates. Hamish Shepherd was one of them, and he, uh, 
he looked at me and he just basically goes, what the hell have you done with Joe Van Berlo? Who was that out there? <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a one very uh, rare game, I guess. But um, going back to 2010, you played, I think, 18 games, so majority of the season. Um, and from memory, I think you guys were flying under Mark Harvey, who you just touched on. What made it crash down so quick to the point where Mark Harvey was sacked after 2011? Because it did go pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm not too sure um, what the the go is with halves. Like, I, I learned a hell of a lot of halves. Um, he was a really good coach. He was really, really good at, um, in particular, what stood out to me with halves was he was elite at um, opposition analysis. He could break down opposition's uh, kick-out structures or, or game plan really, really well to the point where um, we could turn it into a real advantage for us. Um, but yeah, excuse me, um, that... That season, it went really well for us, and and we did make finals. I was, I think, I got left out for the final, which was pretty hurtful. I think I, I might have missed the last game as well. I can't remember, but um, yeah, it was a bizarre set of circumstances. I think we were in off season at the time, and um, I just remember getting a text message from, um, I think it was Bondi at the time, Chris Bond, the manager, to say um, we got a. Um, I think we had to go in, and they told us that we had a new coach or that Mark Harvey had left and, and a new coach was coming. And at that point, I remember thinking, well, who who could this new coach be? Like, it's, yeah. it's all happened so quick. And um, I think I spoke to Dave Mundy and he sort of said, look, um, I think it's an, uh, he was in the leadership group and I believe he thought it was it was going to be a um, an established coach and but we'd have to wait and see. And then I think it was shortly after Ross got announced and completely new world under Ross. Um, you know, completely different coaches, and I learnt um, a hell of a lot from Ross. Ross was the ultimate tactician um, and knew how to create a game plan that everyone can fit into a role and everyone can play a role. And if you if everyone does that, um, you win games. And it, I guess it showed in the boys getting to the grand final and just missing out. Um, but yeah, absolute sensational coach uh, Ross. Um, very. Uh, very driven and very, um, I guess, ruthless in in every way he goes about it. He's is um, yeah. an un- unbelievable coach. Yeah, I think that probably gets forgot a lot because, like, over, obviously the last few years at Freo, it was, you know, they weren't winning until when he got sacked. So I think, yeah, he's. I think a lot of people say he's one of those guys who, if you've got a good list, he's good. But if you don't have, like, if you're in a rebuilding phase, he just can't do it. That's anything. any coach, though. Um, yeah, I feel like it comes out a lot with Ross Lyon. Like, yeah. He, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I, I guess... Sometimes whether it's he he turns lists into into successful lists as well, that might be um, a different way of looking at it. But um, I guess sometimes what people see in the media of Ross when he does his press conferences and and things like that, that's one side of Ross. That's yeah. the side he puts out to the to the ex- external. But internally, he's um you know he's he's a bit of a father figure around the club and really gets around the boys. So um, I won't be surprised if Ross is back coaching mm. sooner than later. Yeah. Potentially yeah. Collingwood next year. <laughs> yeah. A word on everyone's lip at the moment. But, uh, of course, you were cut by Ross Lyon at the end of 2012. What did he say the main reasons were for this and what was your connection like and did you feel hard done by? Um, yeah, so I remember walking in. It was actually, I remember going to Mad Monday and uh, <laughs> and I got a text message to say I had a meeting the next morning. Oh, and 9 I, o'clock? Yeah, uh. and I was going... <laughs> Oh, you know, have you got a message to, you know, a um, couple of the other um, 
blokes around like Matty DeBoer or, or Firefear, have you got a message? Nah, nah, nah. And then I was like, hang on a minute. Went to a couple of the blokes that I knew were probably on the outer. <laughs> have you got a message? Like, yeah, yeah, 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah, 9 a.m. And I was like, oh, no, here we go. So I was, it, I was sort of prepared for it. Uh, but at the same time, I was always hopeful yeah. that I could be in that boat. Because at the end of the day, I only ever got one-year contracts while I was there. So I was hopeful that I'd be in the boat of, look, we're just going to wait to see how the numbers play out through trade period and all that. Uh, but unfortunately, I walked in and... Um, the the whole list management group were there and Ross and and Ross I remember he started off with saying look you're a smart guy you know you probably already know where this is going and that straight away dashed my hopes that it was going to go hopefully another way um, and he just sort of said look uh, you're always around the sort of uh, sort of twenty to twenty six on our list at the moment um, and we've just got these kids in um, Hayden Crozier Tom Sheridan in and the likes that we want to start getting more and more games into um, so they are going to push ahead of you on that um, priority list I guess of, of getting picked which um, is just a fact of life and he said so um, can we see you improving your position on the list maybe maybe not but um, just the way we're going to go we're going to um, end it here and so um, I was obviously devastated, but at the same time, he 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 and the other list management group gave us um, gave me a lot of uh, accolades and sort of said this is you know Ross even said he said this is probably the hardest and he actually um, from all reports talking to some of the players he said that I was one of the hardest uh, he's ever had to cut because of um, the fact that I did everything right and um, you know he quite often used me as a as an example to how to get the most out of your career but at the end of the day my skill deficiencies and um a few of those things just held me back and you know at the end of the day i, I gave everything and it just wasn't good enough so that's that sits fine with me yeah and before we do move on from freya we know you did live with the, the uh, now face of the club in that fife we do have a question from a fa- uh, fan later in terms of playing with him which yep. we, we will save but what was he like to live with um who did the chores i guess and do you still regularly keep in touch or catch up when you can yeah, so we, we do keep in touch. Um, with regard to the chores, I did everything. Um, <laughs> he is useless. Uh, you'd think a country boy would, would come in, and especially after boarding school and all that, he'd maybe be able to cook or clean or anything, but I was doing it all, and he'd hate me saying that. But <laughs> no, he'll, uh, he'll have his views on that. But um, no, we had a great time together. It was a small unit. Um, we were the closest to the club, actually. We are only maybe a K away um, and had a park out front and it was at times a very small unit to be in when, you know, he's going well and I'm not or vice versa. Well, probably not vice versa. <laughs> so, so either we're both going well or I'm not going well. Um, and yeah, so we had a great time um, and it was amazing to watch him develop from, I guess, a, a bit of a nerdy looking skinny yeah. kid from the country Um who, you know, I guess was a touted as a half forward to all of a sudden putting on weight and, and getting more confidence and starting to really dominate the game and um, I guess go from that position of... Pl- well, I always joke with him, he never played on anyone, but um, going from <laughs> playing on someone to then them having the respect to come play on you. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's an impressive unit and... Um, 
yeah, a great guy to live with and, and had, had a heap of fun. Yeah, and then coming back to the Falcons, you were part of the 2013 Premiership side against the strong Eagles East Perth lineup. What were the emotions like that day? And talk us about the game itself. Yeah, as uh, leading into that game, we'd just been Cla- uh, yeah, we knocked off Claremont, and then East Perth knocked them off as well. And Claremont, in fairness to them, were probably the benchmark of that year. They were the best side, and so that second semi win um, really set us up well. Um, Leading into the game, I was super nervous because all I, you know, going back to talking about West Perth, one, I just ever, I just wanted to play at West Perth once um, or make a league debut. And once I did that and started to do a few more things, then it became I want to win a premiership one day. Um, so leading into that game, I was incredibly nervous just for the fact that I wanted to um, be one of those premiership players. Like you looked around the club at the time as Jay Salasic was still there, but there was... Um, quite a few other past players that it, um, that I trained with and, and played with that had, had won one and had since moved on and I, I envied them and uh, yeah it was just it was pure nerves about getting through the game and hoping um, and even to the point where we were I think we were 40 points up in the late in the last quarter and I um, I was still stressing that I think they want to send a clearance and we're 40 points up with probably at the 32 minute mark and I'm stressing thinking <laughs> they might go inside 50 like I just wanted to and the moment that siren went it was just bliss thinking I'm finally a premiership player I've yeah. got my mates here I remember hugging Matt Gordon and um, and Mark Hutchings at the time and just thinking this is the best thing ever we've we've done it and you know we had quite a young group and, and we're underdogs that day and um yeah, the, the day was a bit of a blur. I copped a good knock, um, which ended up with a few stitches afterwards. But um, yeah, overall, like looking back now, we've you know we've got a big chat group and things like that with the boys, and it's great to to have some banter about the day and and reminisce on on what what happened. That was a wet grand final, wasn't it? Yeah, started started dry, then went yeah. wet, and um, yeah, it was. Is that was one of the yeah yeah it was definitely wet yeah. Big 10-year reunion in a couple of years. Yeah, two to go. So oh, looking yeah. forward to, um, I think Jace, Jace should organise it. Maybe Jace or Ron Kerr. Yeah. Two different um, parties, if if either of those organise it, though. One will be uh, one way and the other one might be a nice dinner or something. Yeah. Hard to leave. It's gone. Yeah. Time does fly. But um, what were the next few years like? Obviously, skippering the boys. Um, hard to go past but you were dominating yourself year in year out uh, on your way to multiple best and fairest I think it was even you played in the Foxdale Cup which yep. was a, obviously not a thing anymore but um, explain that and what it was like to sort of bow out after the 2018 grand final loss to Subi yeah so um, the years after the flag um, so Jace I think Jace went through most of the pre-season the year after and then decided he was going to pull the pin um, and so then the captaincy fell on to Myself and Luke Tedesco, um, and that was different. Like not having that other mentor above you to really uh, to lean on, um, but it sort of made us grow up and and really take the reins and lead, um, which was great. Um, and the yeah, the years after, um, I guess I think the the year after immediately we probably had that mindset because we were such a young side thinking that it would just happen again. Like you know, I was thinking. Um, after we won that first one, I was, I was honestly thinking, here comes a potential dynasty. I guess what Subiaco yeah. have done for, for years and years now. Um, yep. I was hoping that we'd have something like that. But unfortunately, 
uh, wasn't the case. So we did do it tough for a little bit, but we were always around the mark and always competing. Um, and yeah, in the end, made another couple of grand finals. Unfortunately, they didn't go our way. Um, Subiaco were far too strong um, and, and full credit to them. But um, the journey was great leading up to, to those moments. And um, whilst the result on the day weren't great for, for both years, um, it was certainly enjoyable um, time and, and great for great to experience it and be in with a shot, I guess, um, to win another one um, those couple of times. So, um, And then I guess leading up to 2018, um, grand final, I, I had thoughts that it could be my last game. Um, I wasn't sure though. I just, work was getting busier and busier and, and commitments outside of, of football. Um, and so I just thought, look, I guess the last five or six games, I just really tried to start to enjoy it, enjoy the wins, enjoy the um, the moments with my mates. And then, uh, um, yeah, once the the grand final was done and dusted and we, we got pumped by Subi, which wasn't great, um, it sort of sunk in that, you know, that, that was going to be my last game um, in my mind. Um, but at the end of the day, I said, look, I'm not going to make a decision in this emotional state. I'm going to go away and had to think about it in the off season. And then when it got to pre-season and I think it was in January and I, I just thought, look, I can't, I can't put my hand on my heart and commit to the time that's required yeah. to be an elite footballer um, at waffle level anymore. Um, and so I'd only be doing an injustice and had some young blokes like Mitch Pearce and, and those that I guess I was probably holding out of a midfield spot who have gone on to do really, really well in there now. Um, and so I think it's a bit of a rite of passage to, to get out of the way and let those guys um, come through. Yeah, 2018, that was the first Waffle Grand Final Optus, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, which was awesome, yeah. Cool to play at. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to play Yeah, a couple at Subi and then one at, one at Optus. Unfortunately, it wasn't a great result, but hey, everything like... Um, you know the the band playing and and the the crowd wasn't enormous but it was good yeah. and had my family there it's just it was great experience to yeah. say it i've played at optus and and um yeah absolutely yeah yeah and then you were announced as the 2020 falcons ball legend this uh last year how much did this mean to you and has it and have you reflected on it as possibly a massive achievement for your career yeah. Obviously, after the career, but yeah, is um, is a huge honour. Like, a, growing up and going through West Perth, all the academies and all, um, well, not all the academies because I only really got into Colts, but um, but from Colts onwards, you'd always have a ball legend on there, and yeah. and they were genuine legends of the football club, and probably didn't take much notice because a lot of the time they were from, um, you know, eras ago, yeah. um. And it wasn't until Jay Salisic got on there um, a few years before I did, I think. And I looked at it and I was like, I remember going to Jay, this is incredible. Like, I can't believe you're on there. You know, Bill Dempsey's been on there and, and yeah. these sort of guys. And, and Jay, you're on there and you read your stats and you've had an, an incredible career. Um, and then when, they, when the club rang me about it, I, I actually almost felt a little bit embarrassed that... Um, I would be considered in that company and, and if anyone would think, oh, I can't believe VB's on there. But the moment it got announced, the amount of accolades and stuff that I, I received from, from players um, past, present or, or people around the football community, not even just at, at West Perth, it was um, it was really humbling. And um, 
yeah, just a huge honour. And, you know, there's plenty of um, banter about it with the boys. And um, unfortunately, I wasn't there. It would have been nice to uh, be a coach or something that year to uh, just really ram it home with a few of them. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, I've, they gave me a, um, a ball on a little thing, which I've got at home now, which is a it's just a nice little um, touch from, from the club. And I'm, I'm certainly grateful for it. Yeah, and you mentioned that a lot of people, said, um, even in the AFL career, said, who's Jay Van Bell? But you can just say, hey, are, you, are you a waffle ball legend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I might have to try and get a couple more, actually, because um, I think I got, yeah, I've got my one, one for mum and dad, and I think that's it. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's just, it's something that you don't, expect to get or or go out to to try and do or see uh, or to try and do or get but um yeah when it comes your way you certainly um take it and yeah, pretty yeah. proud yeah so since playing um you with savannah's and the ammos with your younger brother mitch um you and your wife had your first child earlier in the year so congrats on that um thank you and yeah you've been back at the dockers doing some coaching with the next gen academy how's life um treated you uh, how's footy life treated you after footy yeah it's been good um a couple of years ago, after I finished um, at West Perth, um, I thought I'm just going to have no footy anymore. And it wasn't until about June, um, right before the cutoff, actually, that I started to get itchy. And um, Brent Lacra, uh, um, legend up there at Savannah's and, and West Perth, um, messaged me to say, come up and have a kick um, just for a game. And I went up for one game. Had an absolute stinker, mind you. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it just got... It was just good to be back in a footy club environment. Um, I'd miss, you know, I'd had a good eight months off at that point and I really enjoyed it. So I ended up playing out the rest of the year and we, we won the flag and, and that really made, well, brought back all that footy, um, all the things you love in footy without the the massive commitment um, of, yeah. of Waffle, which is, you know, three nights a week plus the game and recovery. Um, uh, this was sort of one night a week um, training and, and go up for a game and, and have a few beers after. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and then last year, oh, sorry, yeah, last year, COVID, obviously there was no football. Um, and then this year, my younger brother messaged to say um, he'd been approached by one of the clubs up there um, and asked about what are they like. And I said, well, if you're going to play up in that league, you may as well play at Savannah's, um, where I've played. You know, I know all the boys and there's a lot of West Perth link up there. Uh, and so he said, oh, well, if, if I go up, will you come up as well? And um, so I thought, why not? It'd be a great opportunity to play with my younger brother again. I only played a handful of games with him. So um, it's just been really enjoyable. And they, they've got a great group up there, um, really strong cultured club. Um, and, yeah, it's just good, good to have fun, have some kicks. Yeah, because I think there's, there's a lot of ex AFL players just running around the Amos now, which is good to see. country ex, footy, yeah. yeah. in country footy. Yeah, so. I think I, I think it's good. Um, it's If people, um, yeah, at the end of the day, the AFL boys, um, you know, they, they love footy just as much as everyone else. And yep. so um, it's obviously going to have to be at a lower level once you start getting older and a bit sore. But um, yeah, that's what yeah. the Amos and country leagues offer. Yep. So are you playing league up there? I am. In the ones? Yep. yep. Lovely. How are, you guys <laughs> go, how are you guys going so far this year? Uh, we have won three and lost one. So they play a crossover yep. game now versus uh, the, I think it's the Mortlock League. Um, so we played 2J. Um, yeah, okay. We, and they knocked us off. They I think they kicked the first five of the game and then um, ended up pipping us by about five goals in the end. Um, but other games we've won... 
since then, so it's been good. Yeah. Are there any sledges? Like, do you cop anything from anyone? Any uh, fans on the sidelines? Not from the, uh, not really from the players. Um, you might cop a little bit from the fans on the sidelines who just like to get into people. It's it's not so much directed at me as as myself. It's more about the players from Perth or how many Perth people you have in your team. But yeah, yeah. end of the day, every every footy club has mm, yeah. a lot of Perth players because otherwise they probably wouldn't have enough to field a team. So yeah. um, it's sort of a irrelevant sledge, but yeah, cop that a bit. Yep. All right, we'll go to the Q&As now. So plenty of Jay's mates have uh, hopped on the socials uh, and we do the go. same at Brain Ethan. But uh, this one comes from JR.0512 on Instagram. We talked about living with Nat Fife, but thoughts on playing alongside Nat Fife? Yeah, well, he's uh, he's just a star, isn't he? He um, he certainly made our team better every time he came out, and he, and that's right from a young age. Like first couple of games, I remember him taking a few massive clunk, like massive pack marks, even as a skinny kid, and then his move into the middle. Um, I guess I didn't pick. Um, that was probably one of Harves' smarter moves. Um, that he I guess thought up was to move Nat into the middle he, he saw, a lot, saw a lot of James Hurd in, in, in Fifey um, and he, he was quite open about that um, and so the move into the middle was um, pretty genius and I guess now you see his impact that he can have in the middle um, it will be interesting to see how Nat goes later in his career moving forward I think yeah. um, he certainly gets plenty of looks forward um, he just needs to start finishing his goals, but I'm sure he's working on that. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, I've got my theory, so I might uh, I might go down and uh, give him give him a few tips. But uh, no, he yeah, he's a star. He's just he's a great player, a great leader, and um and a great mate to be around the club. Yeah, yep, no doubt. Uh, the first of many here from Michael Barlow. Here we go. How was he so diligent at IP? <laughs> so. IP is is injury prevention, um, right. and so prior to training, we'd always have to go and do these IP um, exercises. They're really innocuous and really uh, annoying, I guess. But yep. I again, I, like I had to tick every box to be in any way, shape of getting a game. If I didn't tick one box, I'd never get a game. You know, yep. whereas some boys could possibly get through on skill and talent and you can't leave them out of the side regardless if they did their IP or not and that was probably Mick at that time because he was flying (laughs) back then but uh, he used to love getting stuck into me as I was doing all these tedious exercises and uh, he'd just waltz waltz past strut out onto the track and uh, go out and dominate win another Glendening medal all right, this one again is from Mick Barlow. Um, he just goes, do you think you would have had more sex appeal as a player if you didn't wear number 47? <laughs> I love 47. I embraced it by the end of it. Um, the 40s are underrated, I reckon. Yeah, well, numbers. to be honest, they've not... They, I say to, to Mick and to the boys, they've they've not put anyone else in 47, as far as I'm aware, since I've finished. So it's a huge respect um, to retire the the number. They've retired it. Uh, They've given out 48 and they've given out 46, but not 47 yet. So thank you to Frio for that mark of respect for me. Um, But yeah, at the time when I got there, um, we, I think they had a couple of blokes retire. And so they um, reserved those numbers for a couple of years. And that meant, me in 47, Greg Broughton in 48, and Clancy Pierce on my left in 46 with his smelly locker. Um, and yeah, uh, I remember at one point I was like, oh, I'm going to try and move down. I think it was to 11 at the time after Des Hedlund retired. I was like, oh, it'd be good to get into 11. That'd be pretty nice. 
just floated half floated the idea with Chris Bond and it got pretty shut down pretty quick. It was like, no, that high numbers are for the for the draftees and for the for the elite talents. You just stick to your forty seven and uh be happy with that. So I was. Yeah, yep. gotta embrace it. And uh you mentioned Clancy Pierce. Michael Barlow wants to know what was it like being locker buddies with Clancy Pierce? <laughs> yeah, Clanger stunk. Um <laughs> he he had some frustrating things like I'm a pretty clean bloke um, as Nat would be able to uh, testify to cleaning up around him around the house but uh, Clanger used to he'd wash his shorts and then he'd hang them over his locker or even sometimes over my locker um, there'd be jocks and things in there from months ago you, we I literally we used to put tape a peg um, onto his the front of his locker just so if anyone's to use it they'd have to put a peg on their nose just to get in there because it stunk like and being in that close proximity to him it was um it was a challenge and but he's he's a ripper clang he's a he's a good fella really um really enjoyed um i I, used to actually um room with him on away trips as well so i couldn't get away from him but uh he's a great great mate i think he's playing at swan arthur now so is he he is yeah Yeah. swan athletic playing in the b grade i think it is uh i think he's playing a1 i think i I don't think he's in the top oh Oh, man no he he is actually in the top he's in the top he's he's an elite kick clanger and he um and very uh he's one of the most competitive blokes i've ever seen like at training he was always the one who was in scraps with teammates like we'd him and Nick Subin would always be scrapping, um, just competing for spots and yeah. and whatnot. But he's uh yeah, he's a good yeah. one. All right, final one from Michael Barlow, uh, and this is also pretty much the same question from Tyler Keitel and Mitch <laughs> Pearce from West Perth. They all want to know why were you such an advocate for the ASICs career savers, and why did you wear them for so long? I still wear them too. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, did you have a sponsorship with them? No. Nothing? So uh, the story goes: I my first year at Freo, I. Uh, got stress fractures in my shin and so it wiped me out for a good half a year and coming out of that there was myself Chris Main and Des Headland and we had to um, wear these career saver boots and um, that was purely for the cushioning and and they're the best um, this is going to sound like a plug but they're the best uh, boots for your feet ASICs are good Um, and yeah they just give you that extra bit of support and so um, and then I started to find I actually kicked better in them and I didn't, because they're a bit wider base, I don't roll my ankles. Yeah. And so that's why I still wear them. I just, I've got shocking ankles and so I always roll them. But now I just wear them and, geez, the boys give them, give me plenty about it. But then there's quite a few stars out there. Like, I think Dave Mundy's wearing them, Matty Rowell's yeah. wearing them. Um, so yeah, I'm a bit of a trendsetter. <laughs> I'm probably looking to get some black ones just to really um, yeah. feel as heavy as possible. Yeah, just change it up. Um, yeah, sorry. Next one here from Lunchbox. Oh, yeah. Aido. <laughs> Did you pass out in a sink because you thought <laughs> it was a bath once? Uh, yeah, that was... It's an interesting one from, from Aido, um, from East Perth. Um, he, yeah, so that was a footy trip. I had a, a fairly big night and wanted to have a bath, but there was no <laughs> bath in our uh, small little poxy hotel room. And so ended up um falling asleep in the sink um trying to have a bath so do that (laughs) and then the young boys walked in and um yeah thought that was pretty amusing and i've not lived with the sink uh it was a good it was a basin we'll call it a basin it was a (laughs) yeah that one got away from me but yeah thanks ada yeah
Uh, this one comes from Lowry8. Yeah. Uh, why do you hate mates and beer so much? <laughs> so Mike Lowry is brave putting this up because <laughs> he's the one that hates mates and beers because we've been trying to get him up to play at Savannah's. He's got the transfer forms and all that done, but because he knows up at Savannah's he's, he's going to make mates and he's going to have a few beers, he just does not want to come. And so he's trying to put it back onto me. But I'm up there, I'm enjoying mates and having beers, and uh, unfortunately he's the one that's piking it. So um, can't wait to see you up there, Frost. Yeah. Maltz is the next one. <laughs> Do you have any news on KRC? I've heard you've never invested and it's skyrocketed to the moon. Uh, so classic footy club, you always get a few boys that yeah. um, love share tips and all that, and <laughs> Tyson Moulton came to me with KRC uh, years ago. Um I'm sure it was KRC, the one that died. Um, and he was like, get on this, get on this. This is going to be amazing. And I, I, was, I just sort of pushed him away. I actually said to him, um, I gave him like a few other tips, which went well. And But yeah, I'm pretty sure KRC ended up dying. I could be wrong. Um, but um, he tried to explain to me that, oh, no, no, they've just they've downsized and they've done this and they've changed companies. But I said, mate, they've, they've gone bankrupt. So <laughs> kiss that one goodbye. Uh, this one comes from Scott Nelson. Uh, <laughs> what is the Rat Pack at West Perth? Uh, the Rat Pack is an uh, an organisation which many of the boys at West Perth wish they could get into, but it's it's a select few and a rigorous process. So it's led by, I guess, myself and Luke Tedesco. We identified Scott Nelson, Mitch Antonio and Connell Lynch as... Uh, three Rat Pack members that just used to always hang around together and always get up to mischief in and around the club. Um, and so we adopted them and formed um, the Rat Pack with uh, Luke and I being um, CEO and I think CIO from memory. <laughs> so yeah, we just catch up for dinners and that. Um, there's a few boys that are quite jealous. Mitch Pierce was one of them for quite a while. Um, Shane, Scott's older brother, was a bit jealous, but yeah. Everyone wants to get in, but um, we don't open up for membership too often. So we'll, we have our eyes on a few, and we um, we protect each other at training and, and don't take any shit. Yeah, so. It's a big waiting list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next one here is from Keegan Knott. The Wiz. <laughs> the Wiz. Why did you get the nickname The Sprinkler? Uh, so Bill, I think Bill actually gave me that, Bill Monaghan. Um, my last year at West Perth, I played um, a high forward role and used to push up to the contest and sort of get back and... For whatever reason, um, opponents used to leave me free around sort of the 45 to 55 metre mark. And so Bill uh, told the boys that I've got a few sprinkler holes out there at Arena Joondalup that I'd just duck under and then pop up in and um, have shots from there. So, yeah, that was where the sprinkler came from. It just used to pop up 45 <laughs> to 55 out all the time. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from Brent Lacroix. Uh, best trash talkers you played with and stories about shooting the lip uh, best trash talk so so Brent was probably the best um, trash talker or bloke that get on the lip um, that I played with uh, well and truly um, Tim um, Gapen or Jeepen I don't even know what the correct pronunciation is uh, from, from Swan Districts he was he was massive on it and he used to say that he wouldn't initiate but I swear he'd initiate um, the trash talking all the time and 
And so I used to actually get quite excited to play um, Swans every week because I knew there'd be a great contest one on field, but there'd be a little side play with with Swoop. Uh, and yeah, had a few good stashes with him. He got me a few times, um, and I got him a couple of times, just making him question whether he's the best forward in their forward line anymore um, as he's getting towards the end of his career or whether Ricky Carey uh, had taken over. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's great fun out there, especially when like you know, I'm good mates with Swoop now afterwards and, and a lot of those boys. I actually remember getting asked once, um, I think Freddie Clutterbuck asked me actually, um, out here at Leaderville. Um, he asked me, what was it like to have all my mates playing um, at, at Subiaco Oval while I'm running around um, <laughs> at Leaderful? And it, it, I, I actually had nothing. I, I was usually pretty quick-witted and go, could go back pretty quick, but uh, that one, for whatever reason, I just had nothing. And so Fred got me a little bit there. But, um, yeah, it's it's good fun. I was, I was lucky that I'd generally try and think who was going to come at me during the game and have something prepared earlier uh if not um back my wit in and try and get something out yeah all right last one here from rowan kerr do you think rowan kerr was robbed of the simpson medal in 2013 absolutely not i think um he got i don't know how many well i hit him once i think i hit him for his first goal of the game uh, but other than that you can't get best on for getting a few handballs over the top and <laughs> kicking them from the goal line. Like, I've never seen the best. Yes, he kicked five, but I asked the question, where did he kick him from? Um, and where was he for the rest of the game? Because I think he was actually sitting in the stands, jumping over and then popping up on the goal line and, and soccer and a couple through. But uh, nah, pretty hard to go past Hutchie that day. Yeah. 30 and three. Um, Nelly, 36 and one. And then Curry, 20... And five, I think. So um, they'll argue that till they're yeah. dead, I think. Yeah, because Hutchings obviously was West Perth. I think that was the last year where like current AFL players could play for any Waffle team and then they did the alignment. So I think he had to play for yeah. East Perth the next year if he couldn't get a game. Yeah, either, so it was pretty, yeah, that's right. pretty interesting. Uh, we'll go to the quiz now. So okay. the, the famous quiz. So the leaderboard for this. So it is out of 10, but there is bonus questions, as we said. So Xavier Ellis sits on 11.5, Right. Brandon Matera on 11, and Corey Yo on 10, who we did think was going to win because he got 10, but <laughs> yeah. clearly he's on the bottom now. <laughs> yep. Okay. So he's, yeah, he's fallen. It's a bit yeah. of a shock. And we got the sound effects, so you know if you're right or wrong. Yep. But uh, first is it timed? One, Do I have to... No, no, no time. No time. But, okay. Uh, so... What is your listed height on the Waffle website and a bonus point oh. for weight? Oh, so geez. two marks up for grabs. Um, I would... Well, I hope they're accurate. I think I'm 187 centimetres. <laughs> Jesus. And weight, did they have me for? Um, I'd say... Yeah. 85? <laughs> what have they got? 188 centimetres and 88 kilos. Big rig. Big <laughs> rig. Play me centre forward. Yeah. So not, not a great start. But you got some time. We've still got, so got nine questions yeah. to go. Uh, as mentioned, you made your debut... Uh, sorry. As mentioned, you made your de- uh, debut in a, in a win uh, for, in a derby in 2009. How many Dockers have made their debut in a derby since and a bonus point if you can name uh, at least one? The latest one. Not the latest one. Yeah. So it was How like, many have made a debut in a derby since? I'm going to go... 
I was 09. It's been a lot of years since then. <laughs> I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go... Th- three in a derby. Oh, oh, yeah. And the most recent... Yeah. Uh, did... Nah. Did... um? I don't know how to pronounce his name. Is it Josh Tracy? Tracy? Did he play in the derby? No, it's Michael Frederick last oh, year. Freddie, yep. so yeah. caught through at the club. So he's yeah. still got, still got the one there. Yep. So we're on one. Um, <laughs> in your AFL career, you were only named once as a rover when the lineups came out. Mm-hmm. Um, what year was this in? Two thousand and ten. Twenty eleven. Really? Yeah. yeah. What was it? Oh, it must yeah. Have been. So I think. Every every game else you was either on a half foot flank or yeah, something there, but only, the only one reason, in the center. I can only think I would have been potentially been running with someone because yeah, certainly wasn't a go to hit yeah. choice of the of the ruck. So we're one out of a potential five. Yeah. Jeez, I'm going oh, well. It's all right. right. It's all right. Um, question four: Of your four best and fairest years at West Perth, what year did you get the most total disposals in? Um. My my last one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what year it was. I think it was uh, I want to say sixteen. Fifteen. Fifteen. I think yeah. they were pretty close. <laughs> Fifteen just got up. Still right. on one. All right, this one you can redeem yourself here. Okay. How many points did Freeman win by in that round five of 2011 game? And a bonus point if you can name who scored that winning goal. Say that one again. So, who won the most? So who, who, how many points did Freo win by in that game where he kicked four? Oh. And, and then who scored the winning goal? Our uh, winning goal was Nick Lower. Yep. And so bonus two. the way he celebrated, I reckon it was... We're either just up by less than a goal. Or, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to get eight points. Seven <laughs> points. Ah, big stitch up there. So we're on two. Yep. Uh, where are we? The most. Question number six. The most amount of kicks and handballs in your entire waffle game uh, career came against one particular team. What team was it? Are we in East Freo? Ah, Swan, District. Swan District. Oh yeah, my bunnies. Probably <laughs> yeah. had Tim G from playing on me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I think you're, he's on. You're on two. Um, yep. Still yes, a lot so of still is, a lot of points yeah, to come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still still another hundred questions. Yeah. You, can get, you can get a maximum of five or so. Uh, okay. But number seven. This is just a yes or no for one mark. Uh, has there been anyone else in the history of the Fremantle Dockers to wear the number forty-seven? Yes. Yeah, so I think it was, we got the name here, Jamie Morello in 1995. So yeah. no one since you, but there was, yeah. he was uh, before you. So three points we're up to. All right, How, this is a pretty straightforward question. How many games have West Perth won this year? They've won one. <laughs> two, two, they just won on the weekend. <laughs> what are we doing there? We'll sneak it in, we'll sneak it in. Yeah, we'll sneak it in. Yeah, yeah sorry, I forgot that. They just knocked off Swannies. So yep. four? Yep. Yes, four. Okay, got to sort of listen carefully to this one, but I'll repeat it if I have to. So, are you over or under the 
player mark to represent the Dockers, and a bonus point if you can name the exact number player you were to um, represent Freo. So I'm not getting a bonus point here. <laughs> I reckon I'm over. And I'll... What? Really? Mm, less than 150? Yep. yep. Jeez. I would have thought there'd be lots more. Okay. So now you can well, go... You uh, have, have a bonus guess. point now. Uh, all right, then 135. 146. Ooh. So, okay. Interesting, what? I'm learning here. Yeah. <laughs> You're learning about yourself. Obviously, don't check your stats. It's a learning opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the who am I question here. So, basically, there's five parts to the question. If you can guess in the first part of the question, five points. Uh, okay. So, that would take you to nine. Yeah. So that yeah, takes yeah. nine. Next question, next part of the question is four points, and then but vice versa down to the last part of the question. So, who am I? I was born the 14th of April 1990. <laughs> if you can guess the person off that. Mm-hmm. No guesses? No, nah, no. Oh, no way. No. Is <laughs> that part one gone? <laughs> yeah, that's part oh, one. Gee. That's the birthday. Oh, no. Nah. Xavier Ellis nearly got on the birthday as well the yeah. other week. It was, <laughs> it two was years um, younger than me. Who was it? Matt Spanger. Matt Spanger. It was yeah. actually his birthday on the day of the recording. We're like, oh, oh whose really? birthday was it? But then he couldn't Falling figure it out in the next bro. part. Um, and I was the closest player to you in the 2009, 2009 rookie draft with pick 69 uh, that currently still plays. So the closest player in that draft to your selection that still plays in the AFL now. They're still running around. Yeah. Good luck to them. Um, <laughs> so 30. Yeah. 30, turning 31. And that. Does that mean so you're saying the close it's not not to do with free, it's just in that nah, draft. Yeah. Okay. Uh nah, I'm gonna need another clue. Uh I spent seven years at this club before being banned by Asada for two years with one of my teammates. You spent seven years at this club? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I should get it from that, Asada. No, so they're a Don. No, they're not. Well, Asada. Yeah, I've been to other incidents in the last years, couple of years. <laughs> I'm terrible. Keep going. <laughs> uh, I returned back to this club, but then moved to the newest AFL franchise where I've been a reliable key defender ever since. Do we do we want to give him the team that he was originally at? So he was at Colling, he was at Collingwood, and now he's at the newest AFL team. So obviously GWS, key defender. Jeez, that's how well I'm going. I was thinking <laughs> he's now at Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, uh, and they've been done by Asada. Um, and then they're back playing. Jeez, I'm going well. Yep. <laughs> uh, Within that, so it was with another teammate this incident mm. and then they're both back playing the other teammate is still at Collingwood oh now. this and is that, uh, is this Lockie Keith? yeah sure we got there in the end far out thanks for spelling out L-A-C-H-I <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was, yeah so closest wow. player in that draft that's still playing to your selection yeah right yeah, big so fella good on him so. so well we're going with five points there yeah. that's right he got done for yeah, in New Zealand or something wasn't it yeah it was with Josh Thomas so yeah yep. now that bad. threw me I wouldn't even thought that yeah, yeah. Well, right. I was looking at that draft and I was saying who could I get from a who am I that maybe still playing or 
just I don't know someone yeah, I think wasn't really relevant, but it was still sort of to free our own thing. A stitch up. Usually it's like teammates or housemates that they've had, and you've just gone and yeah. Well, to be in. fair, the other questions like were um, I did get them wrong, but they were a bit easier because some of the ones are going to be saying <laughs> Ellis. One of the ones, yeah, there this, a, this there's some that. specific questions like how many bounces. Oh, if I can't get my own height and weight, then I'm struggling, <laughs> aren't I? Yeah, but um. Jay, it's been a pleasure to have you in today. We really appreciate your time and, yeah, wish you all the best for the future. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, Bray, we'll be back next week to do it all again and, uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Can't wait.